All right, yeah, like Chris said, Philippians 3, 12 through 16, starting at 12. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Amen. You hear me? Yes. All right, cool. Good morning. My name is Rigo Mercado. I'm going to walk you through pronouncing my name. It's actually Rigoberto. Can you guys say that, Rigoberto? Okay. Because when I was in school, it was Ragu, Raguberto, Regioberto here. I'm like, that's me. So thank you for that. All right, we're going to get started. Um, today I get the privilege of talking about breaking the power of our past. Anybody here have a past? Anybody here wish you could erase some of that portion? Like a magic eraser? So here's the, the beauty of it, that God wants us to deal with our past and break the power of our past. So every person here, including myself, has been impacted by past mistakes, uh, unhealthy family patterns that impacted us, right, through our parents. Uh, perhaps we were sinned against by our family line. So this morning I want to focus on our past mistakes and also the family patterns that kind of pass down to us that we tend to deal with, that still linger, okay? Um, after I became a Christian in my late teens, 18, 19, um, a lot of things radically changed in my life. I, I was hungry for God. Uh, God changed my life. He took a lot of things away from me that I was dealing with. But one thing I struggled with was I couldn't finish what I started. Anybody ever struggle with that? So it, growing up, you would start a book, never finish a book, right? I would go to college, then drop out. Go to college again, drop out again, Okay. So, and finally, I said to myself, you know, I was going to community college when I became a Christian. Then I dropped out because I woke up too late and I missed too many classes. And um, don't tell my mom. She doesn't know yet. Um, that was 20 years ago. Um, so I missed too many classes. She does know. She, she, she did let me know big time. I had to pay back a lot of stuff. Um, so... Then I went to a Christian school, Bible college. I, I became serious about ministry, so I went to Bible college for two years. I was living in Florida at the time. After two years, my parents decided to move back to New Jersey from Florida, so I didn't want to stay behind. I went with them back up here, and then I still, kept, I still felt kind of like I needed to finish that. So I never went back, and I had this regret of not going back and finish. I had the opportunity. I didn't. Soon after, I said, you know what, i got to finish my college degree. Let me go back to school. I signed up to this other college, went for a few weeks, and dropped out again. You're not supposed to laugh, by the way. And then, a few months later, I went somewhere else. Guess what, though? When you apply and you get accepted, you sign the loan forms, and next thing you know, you drop out again after a certain period of time, you still got to pay that back. 
You know how I know that? Because a few years later, um, I was married to Mandy, like her first year. She's like, hey, you're getting a call about this college paying a bill. I'm like, darn it. So we had to pay that back. That's the consequence. But, so, not finishing, not starting. And then finally, finally, I made a commitment. I dealt with it. I said, God, help me to finish. So from 2009 to 2011, I, I got my associate's degree and my bachelor's degree online. I finished it. Amen. And I got married the following week. I was in the cruise. I was in our honeymoon just telling my professor, like, I'm in my honeymoon. Can I submit this out, you know, when I get back? So it's fine. So it took me a decade, but I got it done in my 20s, thank God. All right. I see the young people look at me like, I have hope. Yes, you do. <laughs> Don't make the same mistakes I did. Martinez girls are like, yes. All right. That's why I'm here, you know, encourage people. But here's, here's the thing, though. A few years after that, for some reason, I would have these nightmares of uh, me going to school and then missing classes and me thinking, oh, my gosh, I missed too many classes. I'm going to fail. So I had this residue of defeat, um, regret, and shame about it. Even years later, even though I knew I accomplished it, I still dealt with this, dealt with this subconsciously because it hurt my soul, hurt my emotions. Because I knew, I knew better, I violated my commitments in the past, so I needed healing for not following through with my commitments. Even though I accomplished it and God forgave me and I went through that and I grew, I grew in it, I still dealt with the residue of that. So I had to go back, and we'll talk about it later, I had to go back and acknowledge the source of that and allow the Holy Spirit to help me deal with that regret and, and the residue of it. You guys ever, like, everything is fine, you're blessed, but you have a tendency to look back and be like, do I even deserve this? What's, what's going on here? And you think back, like, man, I could have done things differently. It's true. Every person here could have done, done things differently. But God is gracious. He can cover that. And your future is way brighter than your past. Amen? The Apostle Paul, you know, he had past mistakes. I mean, he, he wrote two-thirds of the, the New Testament but what's interesting about him is that before he became a Christian, he was a devout Pharisee, right? He was a Jewish leader, a religious leader. He persecuted the early church. He was known for his zealous opposition of the Christian faith and played a significant role in the persecution of Christians. He even uh, was present at the martyrdom of Stephen, and he approved of it. And I was, I was kind of meditating on this and thinking about it. When he was there, when Stephen was martyred for his faith, it says that Saul, which is Paul, was holding the garments of those who were stoning Stephen for his faith. And I'm thinking, what, was he standing there like, oh, that's, that's, that's horrible. I think he was gleeful. I think he was like, yes, finally, we're, we're punishing him. Imagine that. And I, I'll explain it in a second because there's a scripture in, in the New Living. It says Paul admitted that he violently, violently persecuted the church. It wasn't just like trying to get them. He was like trying to hurt them. And stop them. So that was his past. But we just read a scripture earlier saying that he forgot the past and moved forward with God. So you know what God, you guys know what happened to Saul? He encountered Jesus, and what did Jesus do? Transformed his life. Such a total like turnaround that when the Christians heard that he was saved, they, they were like, Whoa, whoa, you sure it's the same dude? 
because there's such dramatic transformation. And that's the goal of this message is that God can break the power of your past and bring it to a place where you can look back and not be impacted by it. Amen? You can look back while still moving forward. That's the progress of our faith in God. Because God holds our past, present, and future. Amen? So th those are past mistakes, right? We all have them. Um, secondly, what about family patterns? You know, you guys ever, there's good shows out there in the 90s about family. There was Family Matters, right? That was good. There was Full House. Then, it was edgy, but it was Married with Children. You guys ever seen that? You think, um, was it Kelly and what was the son's name? Bud? Get positive family traits from, from the dad? What was his name? Al? From Al Bundy? Anyway, I have some confused looks, sorry. All right. So, <laughs> this is not a, um, you know, we, a lot of us receive many good things from our parents positive traits, you know, hard work, ethic. Um, good ethics, good things, and we honor them, they did the best they can. But sometimes, for many of us, we receive negative traits. Things that perhaps weren't necessarily their fault, but it just it seems to pass down. You guys ever look back to your family tree, parents, grandparents, you ever see a tendency or a pattern of certain behavior that's been passed down? It could be anger, it could be, um, you know, addiction, codependency, poor financial uh, handling, um, adultery, lying, these things tend to pass down generation to generation. Addictions, you're like, what's going on? It's being passed down. However, here's the good news. You can break that chain. It could end with you. I know in my life, I declare, I look back, and I dealt with this over the years, and I, there's always a process of looking back and identifying things. But I said to myself, these certain things end with me. They end with me. You know, I was one of the first persons in my family to, you know, to become a Christian, get saved, get transformed, embrace the power of God in my life. I broke that chain. And I want to pass it on to my kids and, and generations. There's other behaviors, other things that I've inherited that I, I just found myself doing. Like, anybody here have siblings? They ever tell you, like, stop acting like dad? You know, you're such, you're like mom. I'm like, no, I'm not. Yes, you're like, right now you're doing it, you know. So, you're like, wow, that's right. You ever get mannerisms from your parents? Like, you, you say, I'll never get mannerisms. And I find myself in a restaurant folding my hands, just looking at the waitress, she's taking too long. And then M Mandy says, stop being like your dad. I'm like, I know. I've gotten better. I always ask her, like, am, I, am I getting better? She's like, yeah. So, you identify things. You know, and God bless them. They, they, it's not a parent bashing session. Because one day our kids will be like, my dad, you know, my mom. But we do our best to, to do what we can, and then God helps us with that. So look at, look at the Bible, right? Abraham's family was a little dysfunctional. Uh, in the book, right, we were, were reading uh, Emotional Healthy Discipleship. The author shares that Abraham's life was, has sinful pat patterns in it. For example, it was the pattern of lying. Abraham lied twice about Sarah being his wife or his sister, Isaac and Rebecca's, his, his son, Isaac, and his wife, Rebecca, his marriage was characterized by lies. 
Jacob lied almost to everyone. He was, you know what Jacob means? Deceiver. I mean, he was, he was a liar. Deceiver. And then J- Jacob's kids, uh, 11 of them, uh, betrayed Joseph, sold him into slavery, lied about what happened to him, and they had a fake funeral and made their father believe that Joseph was slaughtered by a wild beast. Talk about craziness. Right? So it was passed down from generation to generation. Or, or sins committed against us, you know, by our, our family line. And this is a delicate subject, but then we tend to hold on to those things. How do we deal with those things? How do you deal when you were abused or verbally abused or talked down to? What is the, what's the residue of that in your life? What's the impact? You do your best to o- try to overcome it, but if you look, if you take the time to look back, it still weighs on us sometimes. And oftentimes, this is the part of the sermon where it gets serious, which is good. Oftentimes, we have to take a moment to look back. We have to be courageous enough to take the time to go back to our past. Not by yourself, but with God. Revisit the past to receive forgiveness, healing, and transformation. And the first step to overcome the past, guys, is to acknowledge your past. Acknowledge your past. You know, we're heading into political season, and what's the first thing we tell politicians? Make sure there's no skeletons in your closet. You ever heard that phrase? Skeletons in your closet? To be honest with you, I always heard it, but when I was researching this, I had to look it up what it means. It just means stuff, very basic, I know. Just stuff from your past, secrets that you don't want anybody to know. So I encourage you this morning to go to that closet, open that baby up, and let those skeletons just fall. And just like start picking them out like, oh, I remember that one. I remember that one. You know, embrace the skeleton. Open it up. You know, what, so if you close a, a closet door and there's no light, what's in there? Darkness. Open that up and let God's light shine in those things to expose them and deal with them. Roll up your sleeve and say, God, I know it's going to be emotional. It's going to be hard. I have some tissues here. But let, let's, let's work at this together. There's some things I have to acknowledge. Because the more you bury it and compact it, eventually it's going to erupt. It'll come out in some capacity. What I looked about the Apostle Paul was he wasn't ashamed to acknowledge his past. He knew God transformed him. In Galatians chapter 1, verse 11 through 15, it says... You know that I was, you know what, I'm sorry, you know what I was like when I followed the Jewish religion, how I violently persecuted God's church. Notice that. I did my best to destroy it. So he's telling us, guys, in my past, I did these things. I tried to destroy God's church. He was acknowledging what he did. And you're thinking like, wow, how can he say that? We'll get that to a second. The Apostle Paul was able to get to a place where he dealt with his past, received God's forgiveness, healing, and transformation, and was able to talk about it as a testimony. So he was able to acknowledge what he did. I'm sure it it ate at him sometimes. It had to, right? As human beings, like, dealing with that, like, wow. Looking at the believers, like, I used to actually try to kill you guys and persecute you. That was my past. 
And if anybody knew God's forgiveness and grace, it was this guy. And you see the theme in his writings. He says, you know, I'm the chief of all sinners. Uh, you know, I was the last apostle to be chosen, whatever, but, you know, it was because of God's grace. So, so Paul did not sugarcoat anything. He acknowledged that he persecuted the church, and we have to be honest with ourselves. So what was the purpose to acknowledge it? You don't want to just go back. Just There's certain things you dealt with. You don't want to revisit. They're done. You know you, you got healing. They're, they're done. But if there is something that you want to acknowledge, the purpose of it is to identify if it still has an impact in your present. Is, is what happened in my past mistakes or my family history or what my parents did for me, what I inherited, um, is this still impacting me today? That's what I want to identify. That's the purpose for me even trying to acknowledge it. Because we go and we're, we're trying to figure out, why am I acting this way? I swore I would never act like, like my parents. I swore I would never get into this. What's going on? It's identifying the, the root of that. Okay. And again, you could be a Christian and, and saved and going to heaven and have victory in many other areas in your life, but there might be some residue of things that God wants us to deal with and break the power of that in our past. So to acknowledge our past is to be able to look back and admit to ourselves that our past mistakes were wrong. We acknowledge that. There's no need to hold on to regret and guilt and shame. Let it all, let it all out to God and basically say, God, I messed up. I acknowledge that, but I thank you that my past mistakes do not have to live in my present. My past mistakes do not time travel. You guys believe in time travel? I know Pastor Chris is trying to solve that equation. Along with being a detective, I know. See, those who are new, Pastor Chris aspires to have multiple careers. One of them is a detective. And solving time travel. He just gave me a look like, proceed, brother. <laughs> All right. So, for example, um, here's an example, right? I struggled with low self-esteem growing up and, and um, again, accomplishing things. And I realized, um, in a way, I was kind of... Negative talk was in my household sometimes, right? You know, and it impacted my, my life, my behavior, so I had to break those patterns of negative thinking to move on with, with the Lord. Perhaps, like, you went at it with your dad, and you guys would fight a lot. You, you confront him with his anger, and next thing you know, you realize, wow, the reason I'm even identifying is because I have the same traits. My goodness, we're, we're the same, you know? And so you acknowledge that, and then, so what's the next step, guys? You don't stay there. You take the time now to bring that all to God, the skeletons in your closet, to receive God's forgiveness, his healing and transformation. Here's the thing, guys. If you're in Christ Jesus, your sins are forgiven. They're washed away. Your past is washed away by his blood. Receive his forgiveness. In Christ, we are forgiven. It's a past tense word. Our past has been forgiven and cleansed by his blood. Look at 1 John 1.9. 1 
And we have to believe this. If we confess our sins to him, he, God, is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And what else? And cleanse us from all wickedness. I was telling my son this the other day. He kept apologizing for something wrong he did. I said, Gabe, it's fine. It's done. Stop bringing it up. And I said, imagine what you did on a white, I said chalkboard originally, but I realized everybody uses whiteboards. I said, imagine a whiteboard, right, and you wrote down all the things you did. Mommy and daddy erased it. You don't have to bring it back up. And we, we can get to a point in our lives where we surrender it to God, we repent, and Jesus erases it. By his precious blood that was shed for you on the cross, he took your place. He took your penalty, your punishment, so you can be forgiven. You are forgiven. But Pastor Rick, I don't feel like it. I understand. It's not about your feelings. It's an act of fact by faith, receiving his forgiveness for your life. And, uh, and I encourage you to declare it by faith. Constantly say, God, I thank you that I'm forgiven. And be specific. Thank you, God, I'm forgiven for the mistakes of my past. If you're dealing with guilt and shame, we understand we're forgiven, but make it a point to say out loud in your heart. Say, God, I know I'm forgiven for X, Y, and Z. No matter how dark or or crazy it was, declare it and say, I thank you for forgiving me. And start praising him. Thank you for the blood, Jesus. Thank you for cleansing me. Thank you I'm forgiven. Thank you I'm in right standing with you. Thank you I'm a new creation in Christ. Receive his forgiveness. And if the devil tries to remind you of your past, you get him by the collar and say, listen here, okay? I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. How you know? By the blood of the lamb. And you quote scriptures at him. You quote like two or three, he'll run. Okay? We confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us. You are. There's forgiveness, and you have been forgiven. And if there's something in your past you haven't really acknowledged or repented of, repent. All that means is, God, I turned away from that. I acknowledge that. I haven't dealt with that, but I bring it to you. Help me. And receive God's forgiveness and grace. No, No need to hold on to it anymore. Let it go. And God's, will, God's grace will wash that away and help you and encourage you. And after that, that's a fact, right? We're forgiven. But you're like, Rigo, but I still feel the emotional impact of that. I'm still hurting. Well, then receive his emotional healing for your life. So acknowledging our past when that happens can bring up things that you haven't dealt with that needs healing and, and just release. You know, oftentimes when I meet with people for inner healing or stuff of that nature, all it really takes is for them to really talk about their past and bring it up. And the moment, the moment they do, through the help of the Holy Spirit, you often see all of a sudden they start crying. They were holding on to it. There's an emotional release of healing. They're saying, God, I opened this compartment of my heart up to you that I have sealed and tucked away and tried to ignore And God's saying, no, I want you to bring it to the forefront. Open it up. Let those fumes come up. You know, you ever do plumbing work in your house and you open up the pipes in the bottom, you get this nasty fume? Like my son was with me the other day. We had a clog. He opens it up. He's like, Dad, he starts gagging. This is horrible. I'm like, I know. 
we don't like it because there's fumes. And it's like, but you have to open it up to God. And the Holy Spirit will come in there and cleanse it out for you. But you have to be willing to acknowledge it. It's okay. I love how this all ties in because a few weeks ago we, we talked about em- embracing, being able to lament and grieve. There's certain things you just have to let go before God and allow him to heal you because you never dealt with it. He still loves you. You're going to heaven, but why carry that in your journey with the Lord? Be free now. And then use that as a testimony to bless others. What about receive healing also for mental strongholds? You know, there's thought patterns in our lives that we inherited, certain way of thinking that doesn't line up with God's word that we have to break in Jesus' name through his word and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thoughts for me like, oh, you're not good enough. You'll never amount to anything. Um, This person doesn't love you. You're not accepted. You know, all kinds of crazy thoughts. You'll never overcome this. This is your lot in life. Right? We, we deal with these thought patterns that God wants broken in your life. And here's God's promise. Psalm 147.3. What does God do? He heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. Just have a picture of Jesus doing that for you. He's not there to point his finger at you and condemn you and say, you know, you're naughty for doing that. He's saying, come to me, and I will heal you. Let him heal the wounds of our emotions, of our minds and our, and our thoughts from our past. He can bring healing and restoration. He can. It's happened to me, and it's a process. And remember, it's not always one and done. There's a process of healing and restoration Okay, And the Holy Spirit will help you and guide you into that process. But you have to want it, though. And that's the purpose of today is that my prayer is at the end of this message that you're like, God, okay, I've heard this. Is there anything I need to acknowledge? Anything I have to deal with, you know, to receive your healing, your forgiveness? And then finally, God doesn't just heal you, doesn't just forgive you, but he transforms you with his grace and power, brings total transformation from the inside out. You take someone like Saul who was persecuting the church with murderous thoughts to to a guy who's preaching the gospel around the world with power and demonstration, a heart radical change because God changes your heart. Amen? So look at here in 1 Corinthians 15, 9 through 10. So these are something that you have to receive for yourself. Again, you you can be a Christian, but you have to be able to say, God, I want to move forward in my walk with you. I'm tired of living in defeat. I want to embrace everything Jesus provided for me through his death and resurrection. I want to embrace everything Jesus died for me to have that's in his word. I want that. I want to walk that out. 1 Corinthians 15, 9 through 10, again, the Apostle Paul, he's acknowledging his past, but look what happened. I am the least of all the apostles. In fact, I'm not even worthy to be be called an apostle. 
after the way I persecuted God's church. I'm not worthy to be called an apostle the way I persecuted them. Notice that phrase that jumped out at me, the way I persecuted. There must have been some crazy ways he persecuted them. I'm not worthy to be called that. He, he acknowledges it, right? You see that piece there? Verse 10. But whatever I am now, present tense, he talked about his past, but look at his present. Whatever I am now, it is all because God poured out his special favor on me, and not without results. For I have worked harder than any of the other apostles, yet it was not I, but God who was working through me by his grace. I persecuted the church. I'm not, be, I'm not worthy to be called an apostle, but what I am right now, it's because God is working in me. So who you are right now is because God is working in you. And you can overcome your past and allow the Holy Spirit to transform you to where the residue, it's gone. You guys remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? They went through the fire. And they were in the fire. When they came out, you know what it says? Their their clothes was not scorched. And it says not even the smell of smoke was on them. God has a way to get you delivered and freed that you'll be able to look at your past and not be impacted by the residue of your past. Amen? You can walk in victory. And that leads us to our final point. If I I can ask the worship team to please come up. Forgetting the past and moving forward with God. Dan read the scripture I just want to read it one last time. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. Again, Paul's talking about his walk with the Lord, how he's progressing forward with God. But I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past, notice that phrase, and looking forward to what lies ahead. I want to stop right there. What does forgetting mean? Forgetting means you are able to look back without the sting and effects of what happened. You're able to look back with God's transformative grace and say, God healed me, God delivered me, he set me free from my past. And I now rely on his grace to help me move forward and grow in my relationship with him and grow spiritually and emotionally. Forgetting doesn't mean you're just like, oh, I just forget. Forgetting means... I'm going to keep moving forward. I can look back and say, God delivered me, but I'm still moving forward. Amen? Now, I remember and I stay there. God's saying, you look back and say, wow, God delivered me. So forgetting those things of the past, I look forward to what lies ahead. Verse 14, I press on. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize of which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. No, dear brothers and sisters, I, I'm sorry, but we must hold on. Where am I at? Verse 13. 16. But we must hold on to what? The progress we have already made. Hold on to the progress. You've come a long way. Don't go back. Embrace, look back, acknowledge it, deal with it, and keep moving forward through God's grace. You can be delivered. You could be healed. You could be set free 
and the guilt and shame is gone. The residue of it, it's gone by his power and grace. You can get there. And you can use what the enemy tried to destroy you as a testimony to set other people free, as an offensive weapon to his kingdom to set other people free. Because if God did it for you, he could do it for others. Amen? All right, praise God. Can we please stand to our feet? We're going to take communion this morning and also have the prayer team available. So prayer team, those who replied, a couple people, can you please come down? So as we sing these next couple of songs, a couple of questions. I'm not sure if I put them up, Jeff, or not, but when we take communion, we remember what Jesus did for us. And as you partake of communion this morning, you know, after you get it, take it, take it whenever you get back. But I want you to think about, say, Jesus, because your body was broken for me, I'm healed. Because your blood was shed for me, I'm forgiven. So embrace his forgiven, his, his transformative power in your life. And acknowledge, what area of my past do I want to acknowledge today? What area of my past needs healing and cleansing? Be honest with God. Right? Ask God to break the power of the past over your life. So if you come up for prayer, say, for example, Pastor Bill, I I need prayer to break the power of my past over this area. You don't have to be specific. It's not a counseling session. Just we're going to help pray with you to break those things. All it takes is just an acknowledgement. So we're partaking of communion to receive what Jesus did for us, and I encourage you to come up for prayer if you need it. But as you sing, allow the Holy Spirit to minister to your heart. Amen? So as we sing, I encourage you to come down and get communion or receive prayer. In Jesus' name.